When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs, he might be getting quite old, but what never gets old and never goes out of style (laughs) is beating Tom Brady on the football field. It was as sweet as it ever was when he's age 45. It was just as good when he was in his mid-20s. Yeah, and, you know, winning the game is sweet. Sending him off the field as a loser is sweet. But seeing him lose is cool on the sideline and go off on his offensive lineman. I mean, that just adds a little bit of you know, cherry on top of the whole thing. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a very, very sweet afternoon. And let me tell you, one was totally unexpected by me. No disclosure. No question. When you're as committed to your team as Tom Brady is, you know, doing extra walkthroughs, putting in the extra hours, definitely not skipping out on team activities to go to say a wedding. You have every right to yell at your lineman like that. Or, you know, take 10, di- 10 days off in the middle of camp. Oh, yeah, that too. He did that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't think the team chemistry is jiving that great in Tampa Bay right now, but the Steelers will take it. Got a huge win snapping their four-game losing streak. Speaking of streaks, our quarterback streak to start off this podcast is reaching DiMaggio levels. Uh, thanks to <laughs> Joe Dudas from Blacklick, Ohio, for asking yet another quarterback-related question to kick us off here today. He writes, after spending four or five years in the Steelers organization as a backup to Ben Roethlisberger, why do you think that Mason Rudolph never was given a chance this year as the starting quarterback? Um, You know, I I don't know that um, Mason Rudolph, just because he didn't start any preseason games, uh, that doesn't necessarily qualify as never being given a chance to win the starting job because you know there's a lot that goes on in these evaluations that's not visible to the public and you know whether fans Joe you me believe it was fair or not um, you know I think that the overall evaluation of Mason Rudolph included the things um, that happened you know during the four or five years in the Steelers organization that he was a backup to Ben Roethlisberger, including, you know, those uh, games that he started 
in 2019 when, you know, Ben uh, blew out some ligaments in his right elbow. So, uh, you know, again, I, I don't think that um, maybe it wasn't fair, but I do think he got a chance, if, if, if that makes any sense. Um, and, you know, and, and at this stage, you know, that's kind of water under the bridge anyway, because at this stage, you know, the team signed uh, Mitch Trubisky early in the free agency process. That was back in March. They used the number one pick on Kenny Pickett. Um, and then the way that, you know, evolved, um, you know, with Trubisky being named the starter and then Mike Tomlin making the switch to Pickett uh, at halftime of the Jets game and then starting him the following Sunday against in Buffalo. You know, I, I really kind of believe that Mason Rudolph is injury insurance and because he's he's got one year left on his contract and uh, I think the Steelers are keeping him just in the event of, gee, I don't know, maybe one guy gets a concussion huh. and doesn't clear the protocol and maybe, you know, you need the other two guys and you can't afford for one of those two guys to be a Duck Hodges type. And so... You know, I don't know what's going to happen this week for sure. Um, I do know that the Steelers will um, go through the uh, letter of the law in terms of the protocol with Pickett. If he's not cleared in sufficient time or maybe cleared um, late in the week or late in the process, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all then based on if that's the way it unfolds that maybe Mason Rudolph is the backup in Miami. Um, but then even if it does unfold that way, I think that kind of by definition, Mason Rudolph is injury insurance. And, um, so I kind of think that that's his, his role anyway, maybe there are more injuries uh, and then maybe he gets a chance to play and or start. And then maybe he gets an opportunity to, um, raise his profile a little bit in terms of the depth chart. What Mitch Trubisky did last week against Tampa Bay, and anybody who says they believe that that was going to be the way he was going to play <laughs> if given another chance, uh, I have to. I think I have to call BS on that because I was, you know, the Steelers winning that game shocked me. But if someone would have told me how decisive and in command Mitch Trubisky would have been, given a chance to relieve an injured starter, um. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know which would have been more unlikely to me uh, if proposed ahead of the uh, me being able to see it with my own eyes. Pretty premium insurance policy for Mason Rudolph as well. Not many teams can boast a third-string quarterback on their depth chart that's as NFL-ready as he is. In fact, the team that the Steelers are facing this Sunday have been starting Skylar Thompson for the past couple of weeks. Well, their two quarterbacks are in concussion protocols. I, th I think they would have liked somebody with mason rudolph's track record as opposed to skylar thompson and you know uh to the also to the steelers credit i think is they're paying mason rudolph a pretty big buck yes. i mean he's making round figures four million dollars for this season which is a pretty big number for a number three quarterback so you got to pay um, for good insurance it, labs i mean I, it doesn't come free <laughs> oh so uh that uh Jake from State Farm. I mean, he doesn't uh, give you a, <laughs> no a policy that fits no. every every budget. No, no those commercials okay. are lies. Aaron Rodgers gets the extra <laughs> policies. I know it. Oh, okay. Him and Mahomes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, makes sense. It's not. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Exactly. 
Jim Fields from Virginia Beach, Virginia asks, over his career, I can't think of one assistant that Coach Mike Tomlin has developed who has risen in the coaching community. I'm 77 years old, and I can't remember when the last time an offensive or defensive coordinator went on to greener pasture. Oh, God, I hate this. The coaching Not tree the question. question. Oh, God, the coaching tree. The, the whole concept of that. I mean, <laughs> what a bunch of baloney. I mean, what is Bill Belichick's coaching tree? Okay, I'm going to help you out a little bit. Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cornell, Josh McDaniel, Matt Patricia. Okay, <laughs> all of those guys were failures, either in the college um, ranks or the NFL as head coaches. And some of them, not only were they all fired at least once, some of them were fired more than once, you know? Yeah. And, and okay, here's another question. Who did Chuck Noll ever develop? Um, and you can't say Tony Dungy because when he left the Steelers after the 1988 season where he had been the defensive coordinator, he accepted the demotion to join Marty Schottenheimer's Kansas City Chiefs staff. Okay? He, he went from defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh the secondary coach in Kansas City. So that's not a developing thing. Bill Cowher's coaching tree is another one. Guys in the Hall of Fame, Bill Cowher. You know, Dom Capers got the Carolina job, was fired. Marvin Lewis left uh, as a linebacker's coach under Bill Cowher. He became the Ravens defensive coordinator before getting the Bengals job. But he didn't leave Pittsburgh for a head coaching job, so maybe Marvin belongs on Brian Billick's coaching tree. But Marvin was fired in Cincinnati anyway. Mike Malarkey, fired from two different head coaching jobs. Ken Wisenhunt, fired two, fired from two different head coaching jobs. And as I mentioned, Bill Cowers in the Hall of Fame. Vince Lombardi, you might have heard of him. Mm -hmm. His right-hand man for years was Bill Austin. Lombardi finally convinced his buddy, Art Rooney Sr., to hire Bill Austin as a head coach back in the 60s. Bill Austin promptly went 11-23 and three over three seasons, was fired, and was out of the league. You know, a head coaching, a head coach's job isn't to develop assistant coaches for other teams. I mean, he's supposed to win games, win championships, um, and developing coaches for other teams and doing, you know, what he's supposed to do don't necessarily go hand in hand. So please. Spare me the coaching tree thing as a way of determining whether a coach uh, is doing a good job or not. Craig Snodgrass from Morristown, New Jersey. My question is about the offensive coordinators during Mike Tomlin's tenure with the Steelers. Could you list each offensive coordinator and his average points per game? Oh, I thought we were going down another coaching tree avenue there. I was getting worried. <laughs> I would have hung up on you. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Um, okay, let's start from the beginning. Bruce Arians, five seasons, offensive coordinator uh, when Mike Tomlin was hired. Steelers averaged 22.6 points per game. Then they go with Todd Haley, six seasons, 24.7 points per game. Then it was Randy Fickner, three seasons, 23.6 points per game. Um, you know, we're in, the, we're in the middle of the Matt Canada right. thing, so... Um, I'll let, you know, get back to me at the end of the year and I'll have that one for you. 
All three of those men not lacking in personality at all either when they were the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. J.C. Penny make everybody count. On Shambhala from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Everything I read and heard this summer was that Isaiah Loudermilk had a great training camp and took a step forward, yet every game day he's inactive in favor of rookie DeMarvin Leal. Any insight as to why? Well, you know, I uh, I will agree with Ron um, in, in, this, in that uh, I believe Isaiah Loudermilk took a step forward from his rookie season um, to his second season, which is now. Um, but when Loudermilk was inactive at the beginning of the season, uh, DeMarvin Leal was better. Um, you know, it's it's not always something that you, you as an individual player didn't do. Sometimes it's because of what others around you are doing right. um, that you have no control over. So, you know, for, for a uh, typical game day, might only be six defensive linemen active. Now, uh, when you look at that group when everybody was healthy, you know, being seventh wasn't really that bad. You know, you got um, Ogunjobi and Cam Hayward and Alu-Alu, um, Wormley, who was a veteran who played pretty well last year anyway, uh, and you have Leal, who was, you know, not only, not only showed some – ability as a defensive lineman, but he, you know, when TJ Watt got hurt in the first game, they started using Leal as a stand-up edge player. Yeah. And the guy had the athletic ability and the speed um, and was able to grasp the concepts, you know, that he was an asset in limited snaps, you know, helping to fill the hole that was left, you know, when TJ Watt had to go on IR. Now, Leal's on IR. So Loudermilk was in uniform against Tampa, and he played well. 22 snaps on defense, finished with two tackles. Uh, he played, you know, the Steelers used a, a good bit more of four defensive linemen at a time against Tampa because of, you know, injuries elsewhere. And, you know, the guy, uh, he, was, he was very representative. I mean, there was nothing about his performance that would lead you to believe, boy, the Steelers better up- upgrade there. So... Um, it's Isaiah Loudermilk's turn now, I think. Leal's on IR means he's got to miss at least three more games. Uh, and it's a long season. So uh, this could be pretty much just the start for uh, Isaiah Loudermilk. Yeah, and hey, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned. As young guys keep stepping up on that defensive line, it just makes the future look brighter and brighter. So Leal goes down, Loudermilk can slide in seamlessly or as seamlessly as possible. That's just another positive for the Steelers moving forward. Absolutely. 
Matthew Pownall from Lehigh Acres, Florida. Greetings from Lee County, where not even Hurricane Ian stopped me from watching football. During the occasional times I've been able to connect to media lately, I've seen mentions of Cam Hayward's kindness week. He does so much for the community. Are there other players who have done so much for the city, or is Cam one of a kind? Um, you know, I, I these kinds of questions make me uneasy only because when I start naming names, then I and, and invariably will forget someone, and so I don't want to do that. So what I'm just going to talk about Cam a little bit, and um, I think that you know Cam Hayward uh, has been and continues to be one of the most consistently active. Steelers players in the community um, and you know if you look at kind of the the top honor that a player can an NFL player can receive in terms of a combination of community activity and excellence on the field is the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year award um, and I, I, I believe that Cam Hayward deserves to win that I mean he's been the Steelers nominee for uh, the award several times. Uh, I believe it's high time he won it because this is a guy who, in my estimation, in my opinion, he is consistent, uh, consistently excellent on the field as he has been consistently active and helpful uh, in the community. And you know, some of the things that Hayward does, I think, are not only. Well, let me say this: they're 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 innovative. You know, a lot of uh, people are active within the community, and I'm not disparaging anyone else's, you know, choices for how they choose to spend their time. But a couple of the things that Cam Hayward is involved in that I think um, are special are one one of them is, you know, he helps people or young people. Uh, I won't just say teenagers, but young uh, people with clothes that they may need for an interview. You know, a lot of guys, people might uh, not, they, they might do well in school or might even have a, a degree or, you know, whatever their education level might be. But when they um, apply for a job and get an interview, they don't feel that they have clothes that are representative of, you know, the kind of interview that that's going to be or where they're going to be. And so he helps them you know, put together the kind of wardrobe that these people can go to this interview and make an, the kind of impression you probably need uh, to get, get the job. And, you know, getting a job often turns someone's life around, totally. Uh, another one is birthday parties for kids that don't have birthday parties or can't afford them, you know, or uh, for some reason a birthday party isn't uh, part of their reality. And, you know, just think about the emotional lift that that could give some young people, um, you know, your whatever age you are, and just a, a birthday recognition party or whatever with, you know, a cake and, you know, some, uh, some presents, you know, whatever, just the feeling of, you know, being the center of attention on a significant day uh, in people's lives, especially, you know, when you're my age. You're, you're not looking forward to birthdays or celebrating them anyway because the number is getting <laughs> too high. But, you know, when you're younger, it, it's, you know, it's a, I don't know, it's, a, it's an occasion. It's a celebratory occasion. And, you know, helping people provide or helping people or providing people with the opportunity to have that kind of joyous day in their life, 
you know, I think is a really nice thing. So those are just a couple of the things that Cam Hayward does in the communities involved in a lot of other things too. <clears throat> but I just think that when you're looking at Cam Hayward's involvement in the community, not only is he very active, but I think that there are some innovative things about it that make it extra special. Labs, if you have a change of heart and you want to have a birthday party next year, just <laughs> hit me up. I'll, I'll plan everything for you. Don't worry. See, that, but I'm, you know what I'm worried about? That you're going to want to sing. And then, I have uh, to then, sing. Then, At the very least, the done. national anthem to start the party. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'd rather not have one. <laughs> Steve Suzmichael from Brownsburg, Indiana. The Steelers never having had a losing season under Coach Mike Tomlin results in the team consistently picking farther down in the draft order. What is the best position the Steelers have had in the draft under Tomlin? Okay, um, Mike Tomlin's first season was 2007, first draft. So from then until now, not including 2019, because that doesn't count in my mind because the Steelers traded up right. from 20th overall to 10th overall when they picked Devin Bush. The highest draft position uh, was 15th overall in both two, 2007, as I mentioned, was uh, his first draft, and then also in 2014. In 2007, they picked Lawrence Timmons. 2014, they picked Ryan Shazier. Pretty Both good picks. Pretty good picks Pretty there. good picks. Yes. And it's just impressive that they've been able to sustain so much success picking in the middle to late in the first round of drafts just because they've still acquired talent. You know, T.J. Watt was way late in the first round, and he's a superstar. It's just a credit to Tomlin, Colbert, the front office, everybody. Yeah, can't I mean there have been some misses, certainly. Who's who's not gonna miss, you know, not everybody's perfect. Well, and I mean, really, to me, the the NFL draft, they always call it a, a crapshoot. And, you know, I, I really like that and the analogy of <clears throat> um with gambling. Because if you ever go to a casino, the 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 aim of the casino is to keep you there. Right. Keep playing. Keep playing. Because if you keep playing the odds are against you, or, or the odds are for the house um, in terms of you not walking away with a lot of their money. So if you the, the longer you're in the NFL draft process and you keep picking and you keep picking and you keep picking, you're going to mess up. You just are. You know, look at New England's drafts lately. Um, so even, even the best at it or the best in the league at other parts of you know, um, working within the league. Uh, if you keep going back to the NFL draft and you keep rolling the dice and picking in the lottery or however you want to um, phrase it, you're going to miss. You have to. Let's take a journey across the Atlantic Ocean where Owen Kelly writes us from Cork, Ireland. You've seen a lot of changes to the game over the years, I'd imagine. Not only rules, but with equipment and facilities. Is there anything you'd like to see change now in terms of bringing more accuracy to the game during play to help with officials' calls and ball placement after a down? Well, since Owen brought it up, you know, the ball placement thing to me has always been kind of absurd <laughs> it really because is. especially when you're what you know when you're at the game because you you don't often see it on television right. because of the angles of the cameras and stuff but when you're at the game you'll invariably see let's and let's i'm just making up a, a play um 
a running back or a wide receiver, in the case of a running back, say he catches a short pass and runs six or seven yards down the field. Now, when the play starts, there are two officials, one on each end of the line of scrimmage. Now, head linesman and line judge, I don't know which is which. So those are the guys, especially if the play goes to the sideline. Because if it's in the middle of the field, then you've got the umpire and some other people who may be involved in this. But typically, those guys start at the line of scrimmage, and then they're running down the field. And so their angle on where the guy's down is awful. They're guessing. Right. And especially if it's a situation of, you know, third and eight. Okay, did the guy get to the line again, line to gain or not? And maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But your angle from behind it is awful. And, you know, I'm not saying they miss it all the time, uh, but I'm confident in saying they don't get it right all the time. <laughs> because, again, it's just – and this, you know, to me, it's the procedure that's at fault here. I mean – the officials, you can fault them for a lot of things, and I've been known to do that once or twice. But this in particular, to me, seems to just be a bad procedure for something <laughs> this important. And then, you know, they, <laughs> the league, to me, compounds the um, foolishness of doing it this way by having the chain out there. You know, and then they measure, and you can be a link short or make it by a link or something. Seriously, how can you possibly judge that where the ball is down or where the guy is down to that degree of accuracy, a link in a chain, when you're maybe four or five yards or even three or four feet behind it uh, when you're trying to figure out? And then a lot of times the guy with the ball will bounce too. You know, the physical. Uh, reaction to being tackled on the ground, you know, maybe you not really bounce, but you know, you don't go down and stick um, like you would in a in a high jump pit or something. Uh, so yeah, that that to me is there. There's got to be something better than that, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. And you always see those sneaky running backs and wide receivers trying to put sure. the ball an extra yard, an extra yard and a half in front of them. Hey, maybe they'll correct it, but maybe they'll be a half a yard short in their correction. In the correction, yeah. Sometimes they don't need. Sometimes they only need three or four inches. Patrick Charles from Gillette, Wyoming. Can you please explain the difference between a guaranteed contract versus a regular contract? For example, if I sign a contract for five years and fifteen million with eight million guaranteed. And if I play out the contract, don't I get the entire $15 million anyway? Why does it need to be guaranteed? Um, well, I mean, I think what we have here is a basic misunderstanding of what the word guaranteed means. <clears throat> because, yes, Patrick, if you play out the length of the contract, you would receive the full amount. But let's pretend you don't play out the uh, length of the contract. Let's say it's, okay, to use Patrick's um, scenario... Five-year contract for fifteen million dollars, eight million is guaranteed. So you're getting the eight. So after the second of the five years, you get cut. So if if um, whatever you were owed over the last three years, since it's not guaranteed, you're not getting. But if the contract is guaranteed, then you get the full fifteen million. So that's the difference. 
unfortunately for me, I don't think there's any guaranteed money in my contract. If I get cut, it's just nothing. You just well, go. The, well, you, you just get bankrupt. Yeah, well, I, well, I was gonna say what <laughs> what's guaranteed in mine is uh, if I'm fired, I'm guaranteed not to get any more money. That's <laughs> what I'm guaranteed. He's Bob Labriel. I'm Tom Offerman. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Get your questions into labs now, and maybe you'll hear them read on next week's edition of Asked and Answered. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.